Hello and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, why don't you tell the audience, what do we have in store for today? All right. Well, we just finished up our Church Leaders Conference, and one of the breakouts, Adam, that you and Jonathan McClure did was 10 Ideas to lead your staff. And so we took that outline, we sat down with Todd and JP, and we had an interview. Went a little bit longer than we had thought. I'm still excited to share that with uh, those listening in. Yes, we foolishly thought that we could get through all 10 of those items in about 45 minutes. Rookie. It, it was a rookie mistake. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to split this up over multiple podcasts. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to listen to a part of that interview, and we're going to hear Todd and JP talk about two great ideas to help you lead your staff. So let's go and listen to this, and then we'll be back with some closing comments. One of the ideas that is out there to help you lead your staff is this idea of creating unique shared experiences. So guys, what would you say about that? How do we how do we do that here at Watermark? What are some ideas on creating some unique shared experiences? Yeah, so um, um, I remember being with you at uh, for a weekend and I asked you a question. Hey, what's the number one uh, make it or break it aspect of a community group surviving? And you responded with that. You, you didn't hesitate. You said, that's easy time, time together. And I think there's a part of that with our staff that is the same way. We're, we're both a team and a family, and uh, you allow for us to spend a lot of time together. Yeah, we have to. I think some people think, you know, that you, you can, there's a famous book, right? Death by Meeting that's out there. And we talk a lot about our meetings are relevant. Listen, if you're in a meeting and it's just a, a meeting without a real purpose, that, that is death by meeting. But listen, sometimes you need to meet just to build a relationship with one another. And 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 one of the best ways to build relationships, John, you're as good as anybody I know about this with your family, is you do things that meld your hearts together. I mean, you go on a long family hike. You've, you've, you've done rim to rim at the Grand Canyon, have you not? It's him, yeah. Was that a shared experience? Absolutely. When you got done, was your family a little closer? <laughs> they were weeping and very close. Yeah, because yeah. you thought you were going to die, and you didn't, okay? <laughs> but And so, you know, there's a reason that um, when we're trying to build tight platoons, men who go to war and give their life for one another, they put them through the shared experience of training. Um, so, you know, we don't have a hell week on a regular basis around here, but because we are fighting against the gates of hell and, uh, you know, the, the demons that want to see people's lives be hellish, we want to make sure our hearts are cemented together. And so we're, we're constantly, uh, doing things that allow us to have our hearts knit together to care about each other, um, while we already care about what we're doing. So one of the things, you know, if you're around Watermark very long, this, this crazy word called Farkle is going to come up. And, you know, I frankly, you know, could really care less about the game. I think sometimes people think it's a big deal to me. Well, what, what Farkling is, and we, I guess, Adam, I don't know, is there some link we can put to this to explain it? Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, I, I, it, it basically creates a shared experience in a very quick way. And it's just a simple game. And you can do it with a number of different things. You know, whether you, you do it with dice or whether you do it with cards, whether you do it with, with some silly game. What you basically do is the, is the group gets together, figures out some simple consequence. It's not going to cause long-term damage to reputation or property, and long-term is the key there. Yep. It, it's going to be embarrassing and awkward for a moment, uh, a bit of a hassle, but th- only the loser has to do it. Everybody agrees what it is before you do it. You play the game, and then somebody does it. And it, it is hilarious to watch the way people, you know, I mean, if it's just a first-time thing, you know, like... We've done. I'll give you the simplest one. This is a great little entry level thing to do. Okay, like you got to go. Let's just say you're, you're you're with the friends at a restaurant, and somebody's got to just stand up by themselves, hit their glass, get everybody's attention. Say, hey, listen, guys, this is kind of crazy, but today's my birthday. I, I'm from out of town, and nobody knows it's my birthday. I'm a little lonely. Could you? Could everybody just sing me happy birthday? 
you know, my name's this. I mean, that's 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 way JV, right? Very. But it's it's amazing when you go through and play a game that the loser's got to go do that. Okay, how how that knits your hearts together and how much you laugh and celebrate. What a silly thing! No one got hurt by that, right? There's a little bit of a white lie there, but then eventually everybody kind of usually figures it out because it's such an odd thing to do. But but when you when you create shared experiences like that through games and through time together, through storytelling, which I think I'm sure we'll get to a little bit later, it knits the team together. I am a big proponent of chemistry, right? There's a there's a saying I, I say to my kids all the time that, you know, has been around for a long time and they showed up in a Kevin Durant movie later, but but that's that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And and I will also tell you that that chemistry and teams that care for each other when the locker room's right, that that's gonna lead to a whole lot more wins on the field than a bunch of all stars. And and so uh, you might have an all star staff, but if it's siloed and their hearts aren't for each other, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna go out there and do battle together the way you will if you don't find a way to knit hearts and shared experiences are one of the best ways to do that. That's awesome. You have anything, JP? No, no, that's exactly right. You I, mean, know, I think it's that just creating time, creating ways to spend time together and have fun. Yeah, and it's so I think both of you guys do this amazingly well, and you just it's just an extra few minutes um, of planning or of thinking before you're going to go ahead and do the thing you're going to do anyway. So, for yeah. example, and, and both you guys do this incredibly well. So, for an example. Uh, we were headed out to a staff retreat, and you want to talk about the uh, the boat building uh, exercise? So we've we've got to drive out to the we've got to drive an hour and a half anyway. That's already got to happen. Um, but you guys figured out a way to kind of maximize that and make it. It was it was great. You know, you, yeah. So what we did is we had everybody. You know, you had to go uh, and in dumpster dive uh, anything you get from free back at grocery stores, or if Home Depot wanted to give it to you, we went to the scrap wood pile there. Our team did, and uh, lots of other places. You know, and you had to get materials through which you could build some object that would float. It was January. I think you were kind enough to give him a roll of duct tape. Oh yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think we I think we gave him some duct tape. Yeah. And uh and then we just said anything else you get, put it together and you've got to get you've got to get somebody across the pool. And so the con- in January. In January. And it was a you know Olympic sized pool. So it wasn't like it was like you could just push and go. So what you, you had to basically do is build something and there was two ways we were going to measure it. Like how dry was your sailor? And how quickly did they get across? And then the losing team, of course, had to go in the water. Yes, themselves. they did. So that was great because the creativity, the ingenuity, the the breadth of types of uh, of ships that actually showed up out there was hilarious. And here's what's amazing: how many were there? Twenty six or seven different ones. If you'd have just asked me when the parade of ships was happening in front of everybody, yeah. I would have thought maybe two yeah. would have made it. And I think they all we, every. All- we all, but two. all but two. All but two made it. Yeah. We were good boat builders. <laughs> yeah. knew. So I mean, if the church yeah. closed down, we we've got we've yeah. got we some backup back. plans. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. If we need another Noah, we're well on our way. Yeah. That's right. But that, that just you know, guy was hysterical to sit around that pool <laughs> and watch that, and that gave, that bonded us that in a way that you know a, a ten minute pep talk just could have never done. Yeah, it and, becomes uh, legendary. It, I mean, yeah. and then people talk about it. In fact, somebody reached out to us this week asking another us about church. That. Another church reached out to us and said, "Hey, tell us about the the boat building experience," yeah. and it, which is just one of many you guys have pulled off. And right? so it happens not even just as the major or at the at the church level with the entire staff. It happens at the team level as well. And JP, you've got a story about some epic race track that you guys went to or something like that that happened at the porch level or the young adult level with your team. Yeah, you're just always looking for, hey, where what is that place where we can go and make a memory? It's something I've learned from Todd. And so we were out at uh, 
Lake Bonham of all places. And we went to this flea market on kind of the scavenger hunt. And there was a guy there with a race car and he was handing out free tickets to a race. And we thought, Hey, why not? And so we ended up driving about 30 to 45 minutes through the wilderness and somewhere around, you know, in East Texas and pull up to this stadium lights, this dust bowl, we called it. It was just this round dirt track. And we had pit passes. We met one of the racers. And I mean, it's one of those stories that is told around the porch, you know, for years to come. It's like, remember when we went to the race, you know, in the middle of nowhere, it was like Narnia and, and they just, you know, we, we sat there and that's not something you do all the time. And so it's a unique shared experience. It, it's a bridge. It's a bridge to building teams and, and it knits the hearts together, as you said, Todd. And so. Yeah. Let it, me just say this. This isn't just staff. If you're listening, you've got a family, good chances. Do this with your kids. You know, right. I will just tell you as a dad, this is probably one of the best things I do is that, you know, we, we can't do a lot of exotic trips but we can make a lot of amazing memories. And so we play with our kids and we do the same kind of things with our kids and they love it. And what's amazing, they'd love to drag their friends in when we're doing it because they can't, their friends can't believe that families do this and, and have that shared experience together. That's why, by the way, I'll say this real quick. Gary Smalley in the 1980s, okay, who's the marriage guru, his big thing, we say in church circles because we're spiritual, the family that prays together stays together. What he said is the family that camps together he has found has more success in building a nuclear family than any other activity that his research showed. And the reason is because when you go camping, right, the tent falls on you in the middle of the night, a bear comes in and eats your food, uh, you know, it rains, there's chaos, and you survive. It's just not home. It's not easy. And so I'm telling you, shared experiences, and, and they're often crazy to get through, but when you're through them, you all brag about them and look back at them. Love it. Your house, uh, which is one of the, you know, so this isn't about... Todd Wagner, this is not the Todd Wagner podcast, but uh, it's one of the things your kids say about you, Todd, is I've, I've asked them what it was like to grow up at Wagner, and they all say it was fun. Yeah. God, we had a good time, and um, which uh, I think gave you the right to disciple them along the way. So same thing at, at team level. So uh, next one here, um, this idea of expecting the staff uh, to be the example of full devotion. So as you're leading your staff, talk about that expectation that your staff is going to be an example of full devotion. Yeah, well, okay, this is a podcast. We're not guests here. We do this together. So Adam and John, I mean, you know what I mean? We're, we're, right. We are that. Right. You know, th- there's a reason you guys are leaders on our staff. And it's because, you know, you embody what it is that we think Jesus wants people, you know, wants his leaders to embody. So so when you choose leaders, you've got to obviously start with the characteristics listed in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. But it's got to be more than that. It's got to be guys that that then go about living faithfully um, the way that Jesus himself lived. And so if you went through and just kind of described what it would be like to be around Jesus, you'd see some core values. You'd see that he was committed to the Word of God. You'd see that he was a graceful individual. I mean, he didn't personally need grace. He just was constantly living in the midst of it and the grace of an intimacy with the Father. Um, he was somebody that was focused you know, on his ministry and serving others. He was somebody committed to the uncommitted. He lived in community with his friends. I mean, I could go on with the core values that you'll just see in the life of Christ. This is where you want your core values to come from, is the Gospels, because it's the visible image of the invisible God, which is what we are, the body of Christ. So if your leaders don't embody those values, then then your values would be what I tell people all the time. They're, they're aspirational. They're just not actual. And they almost become a form of judgment on you. Because people look around and go, you guys aren't even what you say you want others to be, in which case no one's going to be inspired by your leadership. So yeah, the staff has got to be the kind of individuals that if nobody knew what 
passioned you and what made you uh, who you are as Christ followers, if they just went and watched you and they were an observant person and watched your key leaders for a week and they could write down and go, this is what's true of Adam, this is what's true of John, I see this in JP, they wouldn't use the same pithy summation statement that you do when you write down your core values, but they certainly ought to describe them. And so if that's not happening with your staff, then you don't have a culture that is living in the values that you say are core to who you are. Yeah. Let me say this. So we should have said this on the last one on the spending time together, creating unique shared experiences. But we gather as a staff, our entire staff, every two weeks and then on uh, campuses specific every other week as well. And so when we gather as a staff, there's an expectation that as we come into that room that we've been in God's word, that we've shared the faith with someone. And so I've I've worked with you for uh, 11 years now. I don't think you've ever instructed me to have a quiet time or to um, you know share the gospel with somebody, mm-hmm. but countless times you've come up and asked, hey, you know, who's the last person you shared Christ with? Hey, well, what's God teaching you right now? Yeah, or just said, hey, JP, t- tell tell everybody a story about how this week you, you got to share your faith with somebody, yeah, <laughs> right, knowing that you would have. Yeah, there's an expectation. Yes, there. <laughs> yeah, and so I think I think there's a part of coming into that step. Uh, another thing I would say, countless times is is you've just went around the room. There's 200 people there, and just called on somebody. Hey, so and so, you know, new employee. Uh, what what is God teaching you in the Word, and that we've created a culture there that that hey, uh, that's not something you're being asked to do. It's it's just completely expected that you are setting the pace for the body. Well, hey JP, you said it, and you made reference back to this, and I know because you and Adam, when you led a breakout at a conference we were just recently at on building culture, you talked about that staff meeting you just did. And, and, and you just said something there that people listen to, and they, they don't get to raise their hand on a podcast, so I'm going to do it for them. They go, what do you mean your whole staff? Like yeah. your ministerial staff? Yeah, exactly. With, 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 no. Yeah, so, uh, no, our whole staff. Our whole so, staff. So everybody that is receiving a paycheck from Watermark Community Church comes together in a room every other week. And so that's 225 people. Uh, it, they form a circle. Um, where, you know, something that you've done, I've seen you do through, is like, hey, you got to be inside the circle. So if somebody comes in late, they walk inside the circle, not to shame them at all, but just to say, hey, you're a part of this family. And we sit down and we sing, we worship, uh, we celebrate stories of life change. We go around and we update people on family business and what we need to know. We, we you know, we weep with those who weep. We, we rejoice with those who rejoice. And it is a, it is a family. Time. Yeah, so just to give people a visual, we got about, if it's 220 feet people, we've got maybe 80 to 90 chairs. That's right. Inside of that, we've got a bunch of, uh, what are those things called that you sit on? Crazy Creeks. Crazy, Crazy Creeks. Creeks in the middle, where everybody's in the middle. So when the people that come in a little bit later, what we're saying is there's no chairs, and so they, they come and grab a Crazy Creek, and they join the 130 other people that are in the middle. It's not like they stand in the middle of a 220-seat chair circle. So I, I say all that because it, I know when you're listening to this, Okay, um, you're trying to imagine and picture what we're doing. Listen, we used our staff used to be three of us. Okay, <laughs> and then it's grown. And as we've grown, one of the things that we've done is we create unique shared experience. There is not a we and a they in our staff. We are all we're, there, there's different roles, and so we're trying to say, hey, listen. The thing that the, the most amazing thing about this place that we get to share together is you can bump into somebody who is in a support role and somebody who's in a senior leadership role, and they're going to bleed the same values. You can't expect people, okay, the quote-unquote church secretary, to bleed values if they're not with people that bleed values, okay? And and by the way, if you're, if your assistants don't bleed your values, your assistants are interacting probably with more people than you are on a regular basis. And so you better make sure that yeah. that part of your team understands 
what what it is that you want to represent to others in the name of Christ. So you get them in there with you. They're part of the team. It's not like they're this folks who do stuff for us so we can be the really important people. You know that that you know uh, that that is that's just going to shatter that intimacy we talked about, that need for togetherness and culture that we talked about earlier. Two ways, Todd. I hear you talk about this this idea of expecting the staff to be the full or the example of full devotion. Two two little phrases. Number one, faithful faithfulness of the leader, faithfulness yeah. of the team. I hear you say that a lot. And then the other way that you'll say it is, uh, don't let the fact that you're on staff stop you from being a Christian. That's it. Mm. And I think it's just uh, just little ways that you're constantly reminding us, hey, we we are setting the pace around here. We cannot expect people mm. to live in a way that we're not living, and so we're to be that example. Yeah, that one, spe- especially Adam, I say in regards to the authenticity. Yeah, you know that's that's such a, a high um, felt need and, and the desire that people have to see something real. And one of the things that happens often. If you will, one of the occupational hazards of being in ministry is you think you start to buy the lie that you've got to present some form of a finished project product that will make others think, "Wow, you're really a spiritual person." We're really spiritual people. Um, let other folks bear their burdens. Really spiritual people. Let people encourage them. And so I just tell people all the time, man, if hey, if 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 I need to be somebody who doesn't struggle against sin and doesn't have to really fight sordid temptation and a, and a flesh that's still very alive. In my life, that the Spirit certainly is sovereign over greater is He who's in me than He who's in the world. If I can't be that with you to be your pastor, I don't want to be your pastor. And so we tell our staff all the time: just because you're a leader doesn't mean you can't be a follower of Jesus. Yeah. In fact, that's why you are a leader because you're following hard after Christ. That's I great. hope people caught that because because I think when you talk about this idea of being an example of full devotion, everyone's going to think about sharing their faith, reading their Bible, you know, pulling off these amazing things, and you. You really kind of demand of, of your staff, Todd, authenticity, mm-hmm. and which is which is not the, the doing uh, part. And um, so that's what we're asking our body to do, and they're only going to do as well as they see uh, their senior pastor and their staff do it, which is a really brilliant thing. All right. Well, those were two great ideas, talking about creating unique shared experiences and expecting the staff to be the example of full devotion. John, before we wrap up, any any closing comments on that? You know, I was just thinking, Adam, uh, one of the stories that I love to tell is uh, Robert, who joined our staff, who joined my team, uh, came out of the corporate world, and he said, you know, it's really interesting. When Every time I started a meeting in the corporate world, it always started with all the to-dos. If there's any time left at the end, then we would get to relationally, how are we doing? And he said, at Watermark, it took me a while to figure out we start with relationships first. And then, you know, he kind of said tongue in cheek, if we have any time left, we get to the the to-do list, which is Mm -hmm. uh, not true. But, um, you know, the pastoral work is hard. There are hard seasons. There are tough things that we're dealing with. And having relationships, having great relationships uh, is one of the things that makes it uh, just easy to thrive and continue on through there and still enjoy uh, work that can be uh, difficult. And I think those shared experiences are a big part of uh, what creates that culture here at Watermark. Well, that's great. Well, that we're going to wrap up the podcast with that today, those uh, those two items. And so, again, if you have enjoyed this Church Leadership Podcast, we'd love it if you'd subscribe on iTunes. If you have any questions about anything that we've talked about or you have any topics for the future that you would like for us to discuss, then please feel free to send us an email at clp at watermark.com. Dot org. Until next time, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll talk to you soon. 